Welcome to the Joey Mitchell Podcast, celebrity interviews. Joey's been broadcasting his radio show throughout California for over 51 years and has interviewed hundreds of celebrities. Most of these interviews have only aired once. Now, he's decided to share them once again. Every week, a new celebrity with a behind-the-scenes peek into what happened before and after the interview. So sit back. Relax and get set to travel back in time. Here's Joey. Hey, thanks, Todd, and welcome to another edition of Celebrity Interviews with me, Joey Mitchell. Today, we take a look back at the interview I did with, it's hard to categorize her, model, TV actress, movie star, Sybil Shepard. She was born in Memphis, Tennessee in 1950, the daughter of a homemaker and a dad who ran a home appliance business. She's the second of three children. She has an older sister, Terry, and a younger brother, William. Sybil was named using a name blend that referred to her grandfather, Cy, and her father, Bill. And while attending East High School, she won the Miss Teenage Memphis title and represented the city at the 1966 Miss Teenage America pageant at the age of 16, where she won the Congeniality Award. She competed in the 68 Model of the Year contest, and at age 18, it made her a fashion star of the 60s and resulted in fashion modeling assignments throughout her high school and afterward. According to Shepard's autobiography, a 1970 Glamour magazine cover caught the eye of film director Peter Bogdanovich. His then-wife, Polly Platt, claimed that when she saw the cover in a checkout line at a Ralph's grocery store in Southern California, he said, that's J.C., referring to the role Bogdanovich was casting and ultimately given to Shepard in The Last Picture Show. Her first film, The Last Picture Show, also starred Jeff Bridges and Timothy Bottoms. In 74, she teamed up again with Peter Bogdanovich for the title role in Daisy Miller, based on the Henry James novella. In 75, she made her next film, At Long Last Love, a musical that was directed again by Bogdanovich. Notice something interesting going on? Yeah, we did too. A series of later roles followed, including The Lady Vanishes, a remake of Alfred Hitchcock's 1938 film of the same name. She did some dinner theater in in Virginia and then turned to friend Orson Welles for advice. He encouraged her to get experience on stage in front of audiences anywhere but New York or Los Angeles, away from the harsh big city critics. And so she moved back to her hometown of Memphis to work in regional theater. In 82, Sybil returned to New York and the stage and played alongside James MacArthur in a theater tour of Lunch Hour. She started Chances Are with Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan O'Neill. And then she won a Golden Globe Award for a TV sitcom, Sybil, which ran from 95 to 98. In 2000, her best-selling autobiography, Sybil Disobedience, which we'll discuss in this interview, How I Survived Beauty Pageants, Elvis, Sex, Bruce Willis, Lies, Marriage, Motherhood, and more, hit the stands and became a bestseller. And to give you an idea of why it became a bestseller is because of her frankness. In the book, she claims she dated Elvis Presley early in the 70s and cared for him, but couldn't handle his dependence on drugs and ultimately chose film director Peter Bogdanovich over Presley. There's that tie-in we mentioned. She agreed to a date with actor Jack Nicholson to make Bogdanovich jealous. She later canceled the date, and Nicholson would not speak to her again except to say hi at a party many years later. Robert De Niro asked her out during the filming of Taxi Driver. She turned him down, and he didn't speak to her except in character for the rest of the filming. She later said she kind of regretted turning him down. 
She says she had a sexual encounter with co-star Don Johnson during the making of the TV series The Long Hot Summer, and that jazz musician Stan Getz came on to her during a recording session for her album, but she declined. He never spoke to her again. Shepard and her moonlighting co-star Bruce Willis were tempted to become lovers off-screen, but they agreed not to since both knew it could hurt the series kind of premonition that she was right about because in the series Moonlighting there was always a sexual tension between the two actors but when they finally consummated that relationship at least on the show it kind of ended the series. Here she is Sybil Shepard and my interview on KRAK. Hi, you gorgeous hunk of woman. Well, ain't you a show dog? <laughs> I've been enjoying your beautiful face for years. How you doing? I'm doing great. I am amazed that your show just kind of like disappeared because one day you're on and I'm just loving it and the next day it's gone. Well, I have a book uh, coming out at yeah. the end of 99 called Civil Disobedience and I will be <laughs> dealing with uh, what the reasons are, I thought, because... For the, our last season, we were the number one, uh, I know. the highest rated sitcom for women on CBS. Oh, and, we loved you. Yeah, and the second highest rated for young adults, that key demographic. This wasn't a Sybil idea then. Well, you know, I think that it's a lot of reasons, but I think it's sad because it, it was a wonderful show. I was very proud of it. Some rumors are that you just didn't like all, the fact that Marianne was getting so many laughs, the character Marianne. Is that true? No, that's not true. I didn't think that either. No, they just kind of want to uh, turn me into a monster for whatever reason. But uh, I always wanted everyone in my show, not only Christine Baranski, but everyone to be the absolute funniest they could with the very best lines that you could. Do you find that that's true? Uh, Barbara Streisand said the same thing. When a woman is forceful, then she's a monster and a bitch. Uh, when a man is forceful, then he's a great businessman. It's absolutely true. Mm, it's We're true. held to a different... You know, it's a double standard. We hear that you dated our governor, Gray Davis. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was he a little more exciting in those days? You don't think he's exciting now? No, I think Gray is an appropriate name. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> How long ago was that? Oh, it was a long time ago. It was Hell, before was... he was married. Oh gosh, I mean, I was uh, I was only sixteen, so that's oh. nineteen sixty-six. So it's a long time ago. Well, can he be brought up in charges? Because I think no, he had no, great hair when minute. she was sixteen. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Sybil, you started off as a model, and I look at some of these models now; they're bone thin, and and you were always, you know, you had a nice body. You weren't so skinny. What do you think of these girls? Well, I mean, I think the young women themselves, you know, it's not their fault that they're getting jobbed when they're too thin, but uh. it's really, we really got to reevaluate ourselves, and we have to, as a people, start expressing our preference and start buying the magazines that reflect the way we actually look. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's like very depressing to be a woman in our society. You know, how dare we be shaped like a woman? How dare we be 40s and our 50s or whatever? It's a sick thing, and it's, it needs to change. I'm glad you mentioned that. And we're responsible for it. Until we stop buying the magazines where it shows these rail thin women, yeah. you know, it's like we've got to stop it. The consumer has to. We have to stop it on that level. 2008. By that year, 50 million women will be 40-plus in the U.S. And, Sybil, it's okay to say you're one of them, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm 49 years old. I was born in 1950, and now that I might want to lie about my age, it's too damn late. <laughs> I've been telling the truth too long. But you look fabulous. You yeah, well, I look, I thank you. Give me some tips on growing old gracefully. Well, you got to start doing what you really want to do because it's getting later than you think. Mm -hmm. And like my grandmother used to say, are you having any fun? <laughs> what you getting out of living? What good is what you've got if you're not having any fun? <laughs> <laughs>
Are we returning to our singing career? I never gave up my singing career, you know. I think you might do good in country. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Come on down. We'll play your music here on a regular basis. When's your book coming out, your tell-all book? Well, it's not tell-all because then I'd be sued in a junction and we'd never see the book. It comes out late 99. That's got uh, stuff from your journal, right? When you were, when you were, since you've been 18 years old, you've been keeping that. Yeah, I have a journal, but mostly it's pretty boring, that journal, so we won't put too much of it in well, there. Well, if you were dating Gray Davis, I can understand. See ya, Sybil! Oh, y'all are bad. <laughs> We love you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. That's all for today's episode of Celebrity Interviews with Joey Mitchell. Join us again next week for another well-known celebrity that most likely only aired once on Joey's show until now. Now you can subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash Joey Mitchell podcast. Patreon.com slash Joey Mitchell podcast. And you'll never miss an episode or extras only available to subscribers. Please visit and like Joey Mitchell's podcast on Facebook and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.